Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, and we tell stories about everything here on this show, from the arts to sports and business to history and everything in between, including your stories. Send them to OurAmericanStories.com. They're some of our favorites. And if you love what you hear and you are a fan of the show, send your tax-deductible donations to OurAmericanStories.com. We are a nonprofit, and your support would be greatly appreciated. Do a little, do a lot. Do your part, but go to Our American Stories on our giving tab and donate to continue to support 
all of the storytelling we do. What we do, it isn't free to make our American stories, but we want to make sure it's always free to listen to. And up next, Jeremy Swick, historian and curator at the College Football Hall of Fame, tells us the story of Sergeant Stubby, the street dog turned soldier turned college mascot. Here's Jeremy. Sergeant Stubby of the First World War, the heroic story of America's most decorated war dog. So who was Sergeant Stubby? Nobody knows exactly when the dog, later known as Sergeant Stubby, was born, but it is thought to have been during the first half of the First World War. He was a dog of uncertain breed, described in early news stories as either a bull terrier or Boston terrier, with a short stature, barrel shape, and friendly temperament. Until 1917, it is thought that he wandered the streets of New Haven, Connecticut, scrounging for scraps of food. But he was no ordinary stray. Just a few years later, following the end of the First World War, the tenacious canine would become known as one of the most decorated dogs in American history. Stubby's fortunes changed in July of 1917 when he began hanging around a group of soldiers, members of the 102nd Infantry Regiment, as they trained on the grounds of Yale University. One of the men, a 25-year-old private named Robert Conroy, took a shining to the young dog and began to take care of him, naming him Stubby for his stature and tail. Although the U.S. military didn't yet have an official military working dog program, Stubby's instincts and charm made him a fan favorite of the regiment, who taught him how to raise his paw in salute. By the time the unit had left for France, Private Conroy had become so devoted to his new furry friend that he actually stowed him away in the ship. When a commanding officer discovered Stubby's presence, the dog responded instinctively by saluting him. The officer was reportedly rendered speechless by the gesture and the incident secured Stubby's place as the official mascot of the Yankee division. Stubby was involved in many battles while stationed overseas. His sharp ears and ability to hear the whine of artillery shells before they landed were extremely useful, and Stubby was particularly helpful in looking for wounded soldiers in no man's land. His sense of smell, too, meant that he could readily detect mustard gas attacks. He once saved an entire company by alerting the men to don their gas masks. He was present for four offensive and 17 battles in total, while serving for around 18 months. One of Stubby's greatest recorded achievements occurred late one night on the Western Front. Stubby captured a German spy and saved a doughboy which is slang for United States infantrymen, from a gas attack. Hearing a sound in the stillness of the night on the Western Front, the dog, who guarded sleeplessly, stole out of the trenches and recognized a German. Attempts by the German to deceive Stubby were futile. Seizing the prisoners by his britches, Stubby held on until help arrived. Alerted by the commotion, Stubby's fellow soldiers were able to capture and imprison the spy. For his efforts that night, Stubby was issued an iron cross 
medal that had originally been given to the German spy. Following the war, Stubby returned home to America. He was honored with the Medal of Heroism from the Humane Education Society, an animal protection organization, and met with Presidents Woodrow Wilson, Calvin Coolidge, and Warren G. Harding. After the war, he went on and became the mascot for a sports team at Georgetown University in Washington, D.C., where Conroy studied law. At the halftime of games, he was given the football to play with in front of the fans. He would push the ball with his nose to great fanfare, which is one of the most exciting parts about Stubby becoming a, a mascot for a college football team after serving valiantly in the First World War. Stubby was also given the unofficial rank of a sergeant, a higher rank than his master at the time. In 1926, Stubby died at home, reportedly in Conroy's arms. Stubby had such a great impact on not only his owner and the regiment, but really the public as a whole. His obituary was featured in the New York Times and was given a half a column, which was way more than many notable people of the time. Stubby's legacy lives on as his body was donated to the Smithsonian Institute, where it is currently on display. And a special thanks to Jeremy Swick for that terrific piece of storytelling and what a story it was. Sergeant Stubby just wandering around for food in New Haven, doing what stray dogs do, looking for the next meal. And he's adopted by the 102nd Infantry training at Yale University, which is situated in New Haven. And then it's off to war where his ears and his nose served vital functions in protecting his fellow comrades in arms. And then life as a mascot at Georgetown University. His owner went to Georgetown Law and brought Stubby with him. And the tradition, by the way, of the mascot living at the dorm of Georgetown University to this day prevails. The story of Sergeant Stubby, the most decorated war dog of World War I, here on Our American Story. Folks, if you love the stories we tell about this great country, and especially the stories of America's rich past, know that all of our stories about American history, from war to innovation, culture, and faith, are brought to us by the great folks at Hillsdale College, a place where students study all the things that are beautiful in life, and all the things that are good in life. And if you can't get to Hillsdale, Hillsdale will come to you with their free and terrific online courses. Go to hillsdale.edu to learn more. We return to Our American Stories, and now it's time for another Rule of Law story as a part of our Rule of Law series, where we show you what happens when there's either an absence or presence of the rule of law in our lives. Here's our own Monty Montgomery with the story of a particularly dark time in our nation's history. We value our rights. They're important. And for the most part, they're protected. 
But on January 3rd, 1920, the rule of law in this country faced an unprecedented threat. Here's Larry Reed, President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education, or FEE, with more. It was on the morning of January 3rd, 1920, that Americans woke up to discover just how little their own government regarded the cherished Bill of Rights. It was during the night that some 4,000 of their fellow citizens were rounded up and jailed for what amounted in most cases to no good reason at all and no due process either. This was the worst night of the Palmer Raids. They're largely forgotten today, but unfortunately they shouldn't be. They were a horrific, shameful episode in American history, one of the lowest moments for liberty since King George III quartered troops in private homes. The terror during the wee hours of January 3rd, 1920, literally shocked and frightened Americans from coast to coast. But to understand why the Palmer Raids occurred, you have to understand the times in which they happened and know about the other infractions on civil liberties that occurred in tandem with them. During this time, roughly from the start of the First World War, or American entry, I should say, into World War I, and uh, 1920, there was widespread suppression of speech and print publication. The Wilson administration knew that many Americans were conflicted about whether or not we should enter the First World War. And so as a response to that, it launched a sweeping propaganda campaign to instill hatred of both the German enemy abroad and disloyalty at home. Wilson himself publicly stated that disloyalty to the war effort, quote, must be crushed out, and that disloyal citizens had sacrificed their right to civil liberties like free speech and expression. Under intense pressure from the president, the Congress passed the Espionage Act. Any person who made, quote, false reports or false statements with intent to interfere with the official war effort could be punished with 20 years in prison or a fine of $10,000. And in today's money, that would be about a quarter million. It was amended in May 1918 by the Sedition Act, which made uh, the repression even worse. Uh, that made it a crime to write or speak anything disloyal or abusive about the government, about the Constitution, the flag, or U.S. military uniform. Now, you can just imagine how arbitrary such a provision in law is and how terrible uh, the implementation of it is. It, it was uh, totally arbitrary and quite abusive towards a lot of people. A good example of the administration's repression concerns the Hutterites. The Hutterites were pacifists, a religious community in the upper Great Plains, primarily North and South Dakota. And his administration, Wilson's, harassed and imprisoned Hutterite men who opposed the draft. Two of them were actually killed in federal custody. Finally, the Hutterites did what they'd been forced to do so many times in their history. They picked up and left the entire population of Hutterites in America, an estimated 11,000. Uh, left the country and migrated to Canada. Wilson's attorney general strongly encouraged Americans to spy on each other. He wanted them to become what he called volunteer detectives <laughs> and report every suspicion to the Justice Department. And in a matter of months, the department was receiving about 1,500 accusations of disloyalty every single day. And meantime, the postmaster general, Albert Burleson, 
jumped into the cause with both feet. He ordered that local postmasters must send him any publications they discovered that might embarrass the government. The post office even began destroying uh, certain mail instead of delivering it, even banning certain magazines altogether. Uh, in one case, an issue of a particular periodical was outlawed for no more reason than it suggested that the war be paid for by taxes instead of loans. <laughs> Reverend Clarence Waldron is a great example of how personal this repression was. He distributed a pamphlet claiming that uh, the war was unchristian. That's all he did. And for that, he was sentenced to 15 years. In another case, uh, there was a filmmaker named Robert Goldstein, and he got a 10-year prison sentence for producing a movie about the American Revolution. It was called The Spirit of 76, and his crime was depicting the British in a negative light, <laughs> which of course, in 76, 1776, they were on the other side, but they were allies now, so that sort of thing was a no-no. The administration was violating the rule of law by throwing the First Amendment to the curb in order to advance their political position, which you can't do because we're a nation of laws. Another dramatic violation of the rule of law was the Palmer raids themselves, which violated the right to due process for many people who had done nothing wrong. The Palmer raids really describe a couple different days, two months apart. They're named for Wilson's Attorney General, A. Mitchell Palmer, but he staged the first of the raids on November 7th, 1919, and he had uh, J. Edgar Hoover, uh, we know as, of course, the longtime head of the FBI. He had a young J. Edgar Hoover spearheading the operation, and uh, federal agents scooped up hundreds of alleged radicals, subversives, communists, anarchists, undesirable but legal immigrants in 12 cities on that November 1919 day alone, some 650 in New York City. Now, this, the second round of Palmer raids was the bigger one. It was January 2nd, 1920, uh, that very night and the wee hours of the next morning. That was when the largest, the most aggressive batch of federal raids was carried out. It was a night of terror, about 4,000 arrests across 23 states, often without legitimate search warrants, uh, the arrestees were frequently tossed into makeshift jails in substandard conditions. Leftists and leftist organizations were the targets, but even visitors to their meeting halls were caught up in the dragnet. Uh, beatings, even in police stations, were not uncommon. The Attorney General, Mr. Palmer, actually said, quote, if some of my agents out in the field were a little rough and unkind, or short and curt, with these alien agitators, I think it might well be overlooked. Well, he overlooked uh, things like the First Amendment as well. The First Amendment to the United States Constitution is the bedrock of American liberty. Everything flows from that because the First Amendment says, very specifically, Congress shall make no law, not some law, not occasional law, but Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Well, the middle part of that, the prohibition against abridging the freedom of speech and of the press is pivotal. I mean, once 
freedoms of speech and press are muzzled by a government, it does not typically stop there. And so, to me, the First Amendment is so critically important, and so few people in the history of the world have been afforded the kind of protections that it is supposed to guarantee. We know from the experience under the Wilson administration that if government can take an inch, it will, and it will take a mile beyond it. Fortunately, a new administration came into office and got rid of a lot of this stuff, but we should look back and be able to say to ourselves that that is a frightful experience in the repression of civil liberties that the First Amendment prohibited, and we're not going to let that ever happen again. And a special thanks to Larry Reed of the Foundation for Economic Education. And what a story about the Palmer Raids. The Voltaire quote, I disapprove of what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. That's what the First Amendment is really all about. Our Rule of Law series, The Palmer Raids, a story about government power and government abuse, here on Our American Stories. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. And we continue with our American stories. And up next, we have the story of Chloe Howard. She's a 21-year-old junior at Westmont College in Santa Barbara, California. Chloe has written two books and has spoken internationally, and all before graduating high school. Here's Chloe with her story. I've had nine surgeries, or nine major surgeries. I for the past 20 years have lived with a very severe congenital foot deformity. Uh, So when I was born, my foot was upside down and backwards. I had my first surgery when I was six months old and then my most recent surgery, December of 2018. And a large part of my identity was being the girl that's different, you know, the one that shows up to school in a bright pink cast, the one that has to ask older classmen in high school to like hold the door open for me so I can wheel myself (laughs) through on a wheelchair. Crutches were something that I was very used to, was just used to being the person that was different. But my parents, because of their faith, the minute I was born, it just was this foundation of gratitude. It was like, wow, like she's here. I wasn't supposed to be born alive. Wow, Chloe's here. And the foot, okay, interesting, a really cool curveball. We will get through this. Wow, how beautiful is this thing that we get to celebrate? How cool is this difference that we get to experience now? I remember being very young, probably three or four, and looking out at my feet outstretched in front of me and being so in awe of just the way my feet looked. My growing collection of scars and all the points on my toes where toenails should be but weren't. Consistently, I just was proud of my feet and what they were going through and I do have these memories of going on daddy-daughter dates to see my surgeon and having kids in my classes want to always sign my casts and it was kind of exciting having surgery sometimes because it was going back to this place that felt familiar to me, which feels so strange to say, but as someone who spent so much time like with nurses and goofing around with surgeons and being in those physically compromising states. It was this gentle familiarity, this very strange but acceptable rhythm of, okay, this is different and this is me living out this difference. 
As I got older, there were moments of me interacting with societal norms. I remember going to the pools in the summer and seeing all the little girls with like their colorful little toenail polish and being like, okay, interesting. <laughs> I don't have toenails to paint colorful little shades. And so I would take <laughs> colored Sharpies and make little dots on the end of my toes to like give the illusion that I had little colorful toenails. And then I'd have moments of clarity where I was like, oh, these are dots of colored Sharpie on my feet. This looks very strange. I guess I'll just be toenailless for reals. As I've gotten older, very much recognize that many aspects of my childhood looked different because my foot looked different, but also there was so much love that I was surrounded by. I mean, I think it's very easy to play like the what if game, you know? I want to believe that I'm a very different Chloe because of the foot that I have. And who knows, I could be like super incredible soccer player or something um, if I didn't have a foot that functioned like a golf club. But <laughs> that's not the case. My foot is very interesting and the anatomy is very strange and I will never be a fantastic soccer player. But my childhood was very full. And it wasn't until something happened when I was 14 that those main ideas about myself shifted. When I was 14, I was the victim of assault hate crime because of my foot deformity. November 20th, 2014, I was attending a private Christian high school. Um, I was very excited to be at. I had never been to like a big private school like that. I was eating lunch with some of my friends in the big outdoor quad area and was approached by two individuals who said like, Chloe, come here. And I was like, okay, because they were like cool kids, you know? I was like so excited. I thought they would ask me a question about school or something. And I was like, okay, this is like my social in. And so I walked over to the table right next to mine where they and their friends had been sitting. And one of the people said, Chloe, take off your shoe. I was so confused. I couldn't really process the question. I was like, oh, what? And again, the person said, Chloe, take off your shoe. And then they turned to their friends and said, she doesn't have any toenails. And I remember thinking like, oh, this is not a normal social interaction that I'm having right now this doesn't feel right. I don't like this feeling in me. You know, later I look back and recognize that that was one of my first experiences with the concept of consent. What happens when someone else tries to tell your story for you? I felt naked and it felt strange. I had never been ashamed of my foot before. I'd always been okay with telling that story, but in that moment, someone else was telling it for me and it didn't feel good. Again, the person said, Chloe, take off your shoe. And I said, no, you know, I'm okay. Take off your shoe. No, thanks, I'm good. Take off your shoe. No, I don't want to. And then another person said, okay, fine. I'll come help. And so the two people, one was knelt on the ground untying my shoe and the other came from behind me and wrapped their arms around me. I froze. I didn't know that I was allowed to lash out. I didn't know that I was allowed to just walk away. I thought only about what people would think of me and I didn't 
want to be the girl that kicked and screamed. I didn't want to be the girl that walked away. And on the security footage, you can see me just standing there. This person knelt beside me, untying my shoe, removing the laces completely. You can see this other person standing behind me, their arms around me. And then you can see them squat and lift me up off the ground. So the first person can remove my shoe and then my sock, and then they pull my leg up and hold it out. All their friends lean in and I'm just there, not moving. I remember sitting on the stand in trial in the middle of testifying, like watching this clip from the security footage and I look so rigid and all these heads lean in and then they release me and I grab my shoe and I grab my sock and I stuff my foot in my sock and my sock in my shoe and I walk back to my table that's five feet away and sit down. All the emotional weight that this foot has carried for me and will continue to carry for me throughout my life, all of that was revealed. Following that day in November of 2014, I became someone that I didn't recognize. I quickly became depressed. My anxiety became very large, very pronounced. I couldn't sleep. I had a hard time eating. I began struggling with suicidal ideation. This thing that existed, my feet, they used to be this thing that I was so proud of. And all of a sudden, there was this big, huge, gaping, whole where that like love and acceptance and pride for those feet had been. I looked down at my feet every day when I was putting on socks and shoes and I was reminded that my feet caused this incident to happen. And we're listening to Chloe Howard share her story. She had gone through life right up to the age of 14 with a remarkable attitude about her foot deformity until of course that day of hate after that day she said i became someone i couldn't recognize when we come back what happens next with chloe howard here on our american story Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking. When we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. And we return to Our American Stories and Chloe Howard's story. She'd been a victim of a hate crime due to her foot deformity. She had begun withdrawing into herself. She was filled with shame and anxiety. We return now to Chloe for the rest of her story. The case just appeared on the DA's desk one morning, and she met with my family initially and said this to me reads like a rape case but then she said you know you were touched when you didn't want to be touched articles of clothing were removed when you didn't want them to be removed you said no and those no's weren't heard then looking at your behavior following the event you withdrew within yourself you began to doubt your own story you started to struggle with PTSD and that manifested itself in a very physical way. You were nauseous, you were sweaty whenever you saw these people, your body was shaking, you couldn't eat, you couldn't sleep. This reads like a rape case, Chloe. And I mean, these were very large statements to hear at 14 and it just wrote this narrative that then followed me for the next two years through the court case and the trial. Several months after my assault, my dad apparently 
on his Facebook feed, he had entered to win this random contest. He had donated to an organization called Red because he really likes the band U2. And then randomly, several months after this assault, he got an email that he had won this event and he was brought onto a FaceTime call. And it was this representative from a company called Omaze that had partnered with Red to raise awareness for HIV AIDS and also to sponsor an event that could enable someone to meet Bono. My dad had won out of like thousands and thousands of people that had won and we're not a family that wins anything ever. It seems very weird to say that as something that's significant, but in this time where I felt so lost, I didn't understand what my God was doing with my story. I just didn't get it. There was this like bright, exciting thing that happened. And so about six months after my assault was like the time when the event my dad had won happened. And so he and I, cause he decided to take me, flew out to Denver, Colorado and met Bono, the lead singer of the band U2 backstage. We started talking and I ended up telling him my story about my club foot and about my assault and about how one of his songs had been really influential to me during this time. And he looked at me, this like incredible short Irish man wearing all leather, just exuding energy and passion. He looked at me and he was like, Chloe, your voice matters. Chloe, he quoted Martin Luther King Jr. He said, the arc of the universe bends towards justice and love. And when you speak, Chloe, you speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. And I now, at age 15, I was like, oh, okay. I guess when Bono says something like that, you like have to do something about it. So that was like this very random, very crazy, weird kickstart event where an Irish rock star was like, Chloe, maybe you should start speaking about this. Growing up, I was super shy. I was 10 out of 10 an introvert. I was like the kid that sat on the edge of the playground and watched everyone else play. But I felt this thing inside of me that was like, I don't like how I feel right now. I don't like sitting in this hole. I don't like feeling lost and separate from myself. I don't like it. I need to do something about it. I don't wanna feel stuck like this forever. So one night when I was supposed to be doing homework, I applied to give a TED talk. Definitely one of the most reckless things I've ever done in my entire life. I applied without telling my parents and four months later got an email saying, I had been accepted to give a TED talk and I panicked immediately. I was like, oh, this is not good. I am not prepared for this. I should not have done this. Now I have to give a TED talk. And so the next eight weeks, I spent writing 16 minutes of material and completely memorizing it and falling in love with this developing message of self-acceptance and love and anti-bullying and it became this idea that I named Stand Beautiful. For me, Stand Beautiful meant that you were standing on a beautiful foundation and you were actively and continually redefining beauty for yourself because of who you are and not like what others said that you were. So on August 20th, 2016, I walked out onto this TED stage having never spoken in front of an audience ever. And I stood there barefoot on that like iconic red circle shaped carpet. And 
spoke. And for the first time in those two years since the assault, I felt all the power that was taken from me in my assault was given right back. From that initial TED talk, I started getting a lot of feedback, a lot of like, Chloe, come speak at my event, come speak at my church, can I interview you on my show? And all of a sudden it was me realizing that this was so much larger than myself. During this time still, I, a California district attorney, had decided to prosecute the perpetrators and try them for a felony hate crime. And so I was going through trial, I was sitting on the stand and having to testify while watching security footage of my assault play on repeat. And in trial, my truth being questioned by like very old professional men. I mean, it was terrifying. I was taught, I think, in those moments where I was sitting there fighting to get these defense attorneys to just recognize that I was telling the truth. I realized how important it is for us as people to just trust that our experience is our reality, to say words and believe their power. It wasn't until I was sitting there on the stand having people try and find holes in my story, trying to assign a timeline and say, well, it couldn't have been assault, it couldn't have ripping off your shoe if the video says that it took more seconds than the term ripped would allow. All these little things that made me feel less than worth it. It was in those moments that I decided that I wanted to exist as someone who contained power. And I remember walking out of the juvenile hall that the trial was held in and feeling so beaten down, but also alive. Like this energy was racing through me. They were ultimately sentenced with a misdemeanor battery, which is an unlawful touching. I carried the weight of the assault for many years, and it wasn't until the last perpetrator was finally sentenced that I felt like it was right for me to let go. I think that forgiveness is one of the most divine things we as people have access to. And because it's this sacred interaction of grace and justice, I believe that forgiveness should not be rushed. When it's rushed, it risks being ingenuine. But when the perpetrators were sentenced, I felt finally at peace enough with the situation to forgive my perpetrators. I've learned and the past couple years of sharing this story that vulnerability is met with vulnerability and whenever I show up and share the story people do come up to me and they share a story similar or that reminded them of it or something they're currently going through and I feel so humbled and honored and grateful to be a part of that journey and the fact that they trust me with these stories doesn't make sense to me because this life again like it it isn't easy but when we talk about it and are able to share the harder things we're going through it becomes that much easier one of my most favorite things to come out of this is finding this community of people with club feet growing up was super 
isolating having a club foot because I didn't know anyone else that had a club foot, especially one as severe as mine. Now I know people all around the world that have feet that look like mine and have had the same surgeries as mine and the same scars that I do. And I think it's this powerful like illustration of this metaphorical truth that like we all have scars, but when we become okay with the fact that scars are just these really special manifestations of pain that we've overcome, that's when crazy cool things happen. But I do know that even though it's my name on the spines of those books and it is my face that has been seen on TV, like it's not about me. It just happened to be me and my foot. And a great job on that piece by Faith. And what a story. We all have scars, she said, and they're special manifestations of pain overcome. The story of Chloe Howard, here on Our American Stories. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth no matter who you are. Mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. Dot com. That's better. H-E-L-P dot com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.